When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Law School of America Corporations and Civil Law Corporations are invariably classified as legal persons by all modern systems of law, meaning that like natural persons, they may acquire rights and duties. A corporation may be chartered in any of the 50 states, or the District of Columbia, and may become authorized to do business in each jurisdiction it does business within, except that when a corporation sues or is sued over a contract, the court, regardless of where the corporation's headquarters office is located, or where the transaction occurred, will use the law of the jurisdiction where the corporation was chartered, unless the contract says otherwise. So, for example, consider a corporation which sets up a concert in Hawaii, where its headquarters are in Minnesota, and it is chartered in Colorado, if it is sued over its actions involving the concert, whether it was sued in Hawaii, where the concert is located, or Minnesota, where its headquarters are located. The court in that state will still use Colorado law to determine how its corporate dealings are to be performed. All major public corporations are also characterized by holding limited liability and having a centralized management. When a group of people go through the procedures to incorporate, they will acquire rights to make contracts, to possess property, to sue, and they will also be responsible for torts, or other wrongs, and be sued. The federal government does not charter corporations, except national banks federal savings banks, and federal credit unions, although it does regulate them. Each of the 50 states plus D.C. has its own corporation law. Most large corporations have historically chosen to incorporate in Delaware, even though they operate nationally, and may have little or no business in Delaware itself. The extent to which corporations should have the same rights as real people is controversial, particularly when it comes to the fundamental rights found in the United States Bill of Rights. As a matter of law, a corporation acts through real people that form its board of directors, and then through the officers and employees who are appointed on its behalf. Shareholders can in some cases make decisions on the corporation's behalf, though in larger companies they tend to be passive. Otherwise, most corporations adopt limited liability so that generally shareholders cannot be sued for a corporation's commercial debts. If a corporation goes bankrupt and is unable to pay debts to commercial creditors as they fall due, then in some circumstances state courts allow the so-called veil of incorporation to be pierced, and so to hold the people behind the corporation liable. This is usually rare and in almost all cases involves non-payment of trust fund taxes or willful misconduct, essentially amounting to fraud. Incorporation and Charter Competition Although every state will have slight differences in their requirements, the process of forming a new corporation is usually quick. A corporation is not the only kind of business organization that can be chosen. People may wish to register a partnership or a limited liability company, depending on the precise tax status and organizational form that is sought. Most frequently, however, people will choose corporations which have limited liability for those who become the shareholders. If the corporation goes bankrupt the default rule is that shareholders will only lose the money they paid for their shares, even if debts to commercial creditors are still unpaid. A state office, perhaps called the Division of Corporations or simply the Secretary of State, will require the people who wish to incorporate to file articles of incorporation, sometimes called a charter, and pay a fee. 
The Articles of Incorporation typically record the corporation's name, if there are any limits to its powers, purposes, or duration, and identify whether all shares will have the same rights. With this information filed with the state, a new corporation will come into existence, and be subject to legal rights and duties that the people involved create on its behalf. The incorporators will also have to adopt bylaws which identify many more details such as the number of directors, the arrangement of the board, requirements for corporate meetings, duties of officer holders and so on. The Certificate of Incorporation will have identified whether the directors or the shareholders, or both have the competence to adopt and change these rules. All of this is typically achieved through the corporation's first meeting. One of the most important things that the Articles of Incorporation determine is the state of incorporation. Different states can have different levels of corporate tax or franchise tax, different qualities of shareholder and stakeholder rights, more or less stringent director's duties, and so on. However, it was held by the Supreme Court in Paul v. Virginia that in principle states ought to allow corporations incorporated in a different state to do business freely. This appeared to remain true even if another state, for example Delaware, required significantly worse internal protections for shareholders, employees, creditors than the state in which the corporation operated, for example New York. So far, federal regulation has affected more issues relating to the securities markets than the balance of power and duties among directors, shareholders, employees, and other stakeholders. The Supreme Court has also acknowledged that one state's laws will govern the internal affairs of a corporation, to prevent conflicts among state laws. So under the present law, regardless of where a corporation operates in the 50 states, the roles of the state of incorporation, subject to federal law, will govern its operation. Early in the 20th century, it was recognized by some states, initially New Jersey, that the state could cut its tax rate in order to attract more incorporations, and thus bolster tax receipts. Quickly, Delaware emerged as a preferred state of incorporation. In the 1933 case of Louis K. Leggett Company v. Brandeis J. represented the view that the resulting race was one not of diligence, but of laxity, particularly in terms of corporate tax rates, and rules that might protect less powerful corporate stakeholders. Over the 20th century, the problem of a race to the bottom was increasingly thought to justify federal regulation of corporations. The contrasting view was that regulatory competition among states could be beneficial, on the assumption that shareholders would choose to invest their money with corporations that were well governed. Thus, the state's corporation regulations would be priced by efficient markets. In this way it was argued to be a race to the top. An intermediate viewpoint in the academic literature, suggested that regulatory competition could in fact be either positive or negative, and could be used to the advantage of different groups, depending on which stakeholders would exercise most influence in the decision about which state to incorporate in. Under most state laws, Directors hold the exclusive power to allow a vote on amending the Articles of Incorporation, and shareholders must approve directors' proposals by a majority, unless a higher threshold is in the Articles. Corporate Personality In principle a duly incorporated business acquires legal personality that is separate from the people who invest their capital, and their labor, into the corporation. Just as the common law had for municipal and church corporations for centuries, it was held by the Supreme Court and Bank of the United States Vitavo that in principle corporations had legal capacity. At its center, corporations being legal persons mean they can make contracts and other obligations, hold property, sue to enforce their rights, and be sued for breach of duty. Beyond the core of private law rights and duties the question has, however, continually arisen about the extent to which corporations and real people should be treated alike. 
The meaning of person, when used in a statute or the U.S. Bill of Rights is typically thought to turn on the construction of the statute, so that in different contexts the legislature or founding fathers could have intended different things by person. For example, in an 1869 case named Paul v. Virginia, the U.S. Supreme Court held that the word citizen in the Privileges and Immunities Clause of the U.S. Constitution, Article 4, Section 2, did not include corporations. This meant that the Commonwealth of Virginia was entitled to require that a New York fire insurance corporation, run by Mr. Samuel Paul, acquired a license to sell policies within Virginia, even though there were different rules for corporations incorporated within the state. By contrast, in Santa Clara County v. Southern Pacific Railroad Company, a majority of the Supreme Court hinted that a corporation might be regarded as a person under the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. The Southern Pacific Railroad Company had claimed it should not be subject to differential tax treatment, compared to natural persons, set by the State Board of Equalization acting under the Constitution of California. However, in the event Harlan J. held that the company could not be assessed for tax on a technical point, the state county had included too much property in its calculations. Differential treatment between natural persons and corporations was therefore not squarely addressed. In the late 20th century, however, the issue of whether a corporation counted as a person for all, or some purposes acquired political significance. Initially, in Buckley v. Vallejo a slight majority of the U.S. Supreme Court had held that natural persons were entitled to spend unlimited amounts of their own money on their political campaigns. Over a strong dissent, the majority therefore held that parts of the Federal Election Campaign Act of 1974 were unconstitutional since spending money was, in the majority's view, a manifestation of the right to freedom of speech under the First Amendment. This did not affect corporations, though the issue arose in Austin v. Michigan Chamber of Commerce. A differently constituted U.S. Supreme Court held, with three dissents, that the Michigan Campaign Finance Act could, compatibly with the First Amendment, prohibit political spending by corporations. However, by 2010, the Supreme Court had a different majority. In a 5-4 decision, Citizens United v. Federal Election Commission held that corporations were persons that should be protected in the same way as natural people under the First Amendment, and so they were entitled to spend unlimited amounts of money in donations to political campaigns. This struck down the Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act of 2002, so that an anti-Hillary Clinton advertisement, Hillary, the movie, could be run by a pro-business lobby group. Subsequently, the same Supreme Court majority decided in 2014, in Burwell v. Hobby Lobby Stores Incorporated that corporations were also persons for the protection of religion under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Specifically, this meant that a corporation had to have a right to opt out of provisions of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act of 2010 which could require giving health care to employees that the board of directors of the corporation might have religious objections to. It did not specifically address an alternative claim under the First Amendment. The dissenting four judges emphasized their view that previous cases provided no support for the notion that free exercise rights pertain to for-profit corporations. Accordingly, the issue of corporate personality has taken on an increasingly political character. Because corporations are typically capable of commanding greater economic power than individual people, and the actions of a corporation may be unduly influenced by directors and the largest shareholders, it raises the issue of the corruption of democratic politics. Now a word from our sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Law School of America. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America